in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Hey, folks, this is Archie Mason, host of That Farm Life Podcast. Thank you for joining us today uh, for another episode. As always, we've got a lot of listeners across all the states in the U.S. uh, and a lot of countries even around the world, and we reach out to the rural areas and talk about the stress and strain of farm life. We also always just want to help folks. Maybe you're looking for a new type of income stream uh, for your family operation. We have interviewed folks that are row crop farmers, ranchers, backyard gardeners, all kinds of folks. And two, we just talk about life. And so it's very helpful. We get a lot of good uh, comments back from folks saying they enjoy our podcast. We hope you're enjoying it. If you do, please subscribe to the podcast. Let us know how you're doing. Give us a rating. Tell us if you liked it or not. We always want to uh, be better at what we do. And as always, check us out at agrihealth.net. That's where you can find out uh, some more information about us and resources. We try to keep that updated. Sometimes it's hard to do. The podcast is our greatest resource that we offer. And uh, so we are glad you're with us today. Hey, we got a special guest. She is in Arkansas from right here in the great state of Arkansas in the Mid-South. Her name is Miss Elena Reeves. And so she is joining us today. Elena, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. It's not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Hey, Elena, now you have a you have an FFA project or start an FFA project that really kind of turned into something. Okay. So here's what I want to do first. Tell us how you got involved in uh, Future Farmers of America. Uh, Tell us why you like it. Tell us about your project. Kind of help our listeners walk through because you got to realize there's some folks out there, they're moving cows around. They're on a tractor. They're at the house. They're driving down the road. A lot of folks listen while they're driving. And so tell us, as a uh, young lady, how that got started in high school. Well, I've never been one to farm. I don't like to get dirty, believe it or not. (laughs) You don't like to get dirty. (laughs) No, I don't, actually. Sometimes I do, but I usually don't. And I took uh, ag as a random class. I had no courses I was interested in. I was like, you know what? It's a hands-on. I'll try it. And I fell in love with it, actually. Um, My ag teacher, Leanna Britton and John Britton, two of them, they could teach. Um, They really got me into it. And it was COVID year. So like it was 2019 right before COVID hit. So I didn't actually get to like completely finish my first year. But um, I still went ahead and decided to join my my ninth grade year because I had eighth grade and I joined ninth. And I just kind of completely fell in love with it. And now here I am with the business. Thanks to the support of my parents and my teachers. So, Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I tell you what, for all those FFA leaders out there, you just told the, the best story that anyone could ever hear, hear because you said, hey, there is a, you know, you didn't really have an interest in it. And, you know, then you fell in love with it. So that's that is one of the missions and purposes of Future Farmers of America is that, is to help folks understand it. So good deal. I was in that when I was in high school. 
great organization. Okay, so tell us about the project. Uh, so there might be some folks out there that don't understand about the project. What is that? So it started as an SAE, and for those that don't know, it's a supervised agriculture experience. So um, it actually started my ag teacher during COVID. She was coming around and videoing for the agri science fair, and we were going mushrooms as a hobby to just try it. And it actually failed that year. We didn't get anything grown because we did it the log method. And I wanted to find out how. So thanks to my ag teacher coming and seeing it, she encouraged me to start my business. And so my SAE is based around that. So I grow mushrooms and microgreens. It's mainly based on the mushrooms, though. Okay. So what kind of mushrooms? Tell I, I don't know much about mushrooms. I'm, I'm going to show my ignorance here. Tell us about that. What do you, I mean, what kind? What do you do with them? How does that work? So I grow gourmet mushrooms. I grow, right now, I'm doing different kinds of oysters. Oh, um, okay. I'm currently growing snows, snow oysters, pink oyster, and Italians because people love those. And I'm trying to grow lion's mane because lion's mane don't really grow in our climate. And I have not had a lot of luck. I got like, it was like 0.5 pounds of some, I mean, ounces. And I was like, well, I got some. I'm going to try again. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. And I'm um, currently going to try growing hen of the woods. And so I just want to kind of see how, how I can go with that. It's a simple process. There's a couple of methods. Um, there's the bucket method and the bag method. I use both. And I usually use a master's mix for my substrate, which substrate just is like the food for the mushrooms. And the master's mix just has soybean hulls and oak pellets, like horse pellets. Oh, wow. And do you grow that? I mean, is that something that takes place out in the house, outside the house, in the backyard? How does that work? You can grow it outside. I would not recommend growing it inside because it can cause mold or um, spores emit from mushrooms and they can yeah. get into your walls. And you don't want to breathe that in because you yeah. have, also have mushrooms going from, the, from your walls and floors. It's not yeah, fun. That, would, that wouldn't but, be good. Um, <laughs> I grow mine in a high tunnel. And I sometimes grow them outside of the high tunnel if I need to. So, so okay, you got to explain that to me. What's what's the high tunnel? What what is that? So a high tunnel is kind of like a greenhouse. It's just like a bit bigger, and you can ventilate it more basically. Oh, okay, okay. It's a ten by ten high tunnel that has windows on either side um, that she grows in seasonally because she doesn't have a place to um, grow year round yet. Okay. Okay, is that the plan at some point? You want to try to grow year-round? Oh, that's yes, cool. So who, okay, when you grow them, who who purchases these? What do you, what what do they do with them? Do you, I, I know I'm showing my ignorance. Anyone that knows anything about what you're talking about, they're laughing at me, but you got to tell me, what, what what's the end goal here with them? So I actually sell to private chefs and caterers. Um, I've had a chef put them on charcuterie boards for like really fancy business meetings. So I sold to that and just to consumers, like the chefs get first, first bid, whoever wants them get some, same with the microgreens. And then whatever doesn't sell, I sell to consumers. And whatever of that doesn't sell, I dehydrate and sell that way. Oh, wow. So you do have a good business model. So if I go into a restaurant and my wife and I, and we go, hey, we want an appetizer like uh, stuffed mushrooms or something, you know, got all that stuff in it. So where do you think those mushrooms come from? 
that maybe we haven't rescued? Could they come from someone like you that's growing them at home or come from somewhere else? No. So you're talking about portobellas or something similar. They're grown, um, I can't think of the word. It's been, yeah, so grown commercially. It's it's been a long day. They're grown commercially. And so portobellas, it's going to sound probably kind of gross to a lot of people, are grown in compost or manure. They grow best that way. Well, I'm not going to order anymore then. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, so they're easy to grow, and so yeah. they're grown commercially. Now, mushrooms that I grow aren't grown like that because they take longer to grow. Oh, okay. You can, you can grow in a commercial operation for oyster mushrooms and these these gourmet mushrooms, but the setup is completely different to grow a gourmet mushroom versus growing a, a button mushroom or, or a portobello mushroom. Okay, okay, so a portobello mushroom is what if – I'm going in a restaurant most time. That's probably what I'm eating. Yes, I did so. not know that. Thank you. Okay. So you've got the, so really with the mushrooms. So again, my ignorance, I, I probably thought there was only one kind, but there's not. And so there's, and you can, in your business, you can determine kind of, Hey, this is a, a, what we would call a niche market. It's a, a good market. You can be specific that, and you learn that how did you get the idea of that? Did someone help you? Did your teachers help you kind of say, hey, here's a project to consider? Or did you just research it? How did it happen? So like I said beforehand, we actually want to do them as a hobby because we do weird stuff. A lot of people say that. And so we want to start it as a hobby and they didn't turn out. We did the log method and it did not work. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, but yeah. I wanted to find out what happened, what went, what went wrong, and what we can do to fix it and to try again. So I just kind of started researching. Like I said, my ag teacher found out about it, and she, like, pushed me to do it, to use it as an SAE. And then about a year later, she helped me turn it into a business. Oh, wow. That is so good. Okay, so, Lana, what are you what are you considering for the future then? I mean, I know you're a young lady in agriculture. What do you see your future like with mushrooms? What What do you think is going to happen? I'm not sure. I do plan. I have. I do have a business plan. I plan on continuing to grow them and venturing off into hydroponics to grow herbs and um, other plants. And I want to experiment and actually grow grapes hydroponically. I know of like one person that does it, so I'm going to try and do that because I want to make, make start making when I'm of legal age, make my own wine and need to sell. It's the easiest yeah. thing to make. But I want to keep selling my mushrooms and my greens primarily and kind of, and like I said, venture off into hydroponics and have that as another income. Yeah, wow. Do and you... turn it into, and I want to have a agritourism, so. Very interesting. We just had a lady on the podcast talked about Agritourism. She's a professor at Arkansas Tech University, Miss Susan West, Dr. West. And so, wow, that's interesting. So do you, uh, you may not be able to answer the question, but you think you may pursue uh, more education after high school regarding agriculture? You think you just go into business? I'm not actually going to college. I'm going to lawn, hopefully, depending on how my my senior year goes. Yeah. I'm going to either expand it now when I get out of high school, or I am going to take a break and intern at some mushroom farms and hydroponic facilities. And while I'm doing that, take some online business classes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Hey, well, I can tell you this. I believe you're going to be successful in whatever you do. Very few uh, young people 
uh, are entrepreneurials. And what I mean by that, they have an entrepreneurial spirit in, in regard to business. And so I'm for you. I'm, I'm happy for you. Hey, if uh, someone wanted to reach out to you, maybe for more information about mushrooms, or, I mean, we got a lot of listeners, maybe somebody says, hey, can you, uh, can you do online shipping or can you send me some? Can I buy some from you? How would they get in touch with you? Uh, through email, Facebook, my email is gnomehomefarms at gmail.com. And then my Facebook is just gnomehomefarms. It's like, you know, the little garden gnomes and just yeah. homefarms. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Hey, and two folks, I know you're listening out there. We will put that in the show notes. So we'll make sure we've got uh, Eleni's email address and her uh, socials. Uh, will be there. And if you have an interest, you should reach out to her. And two, you may be out there listening to this and maybe you are the uh, owner of a uh, uh, business in hydroponics or you have an interest there. And sounds like to me, she'd make a great intern uh, for your business also. So you might want to think through that. Uh, Elena, if you were, uh, we do have a lot of younger listeners out there also. How would you encourage them? Would you encourage them to get involved in FFA in their school? Definitely. It most definitely changed my life. I was a very not outgoing person. And honestly, I would not be sitting here doing this podcast if it wasn't for ag. I I, I still don't like it, but I pretty much gone over my fear of public speaking. I would not be an outgoing person like I am today. I used to be very shy and quiet and would just do my schoolwork. And now I have a full on business and I teach classes and I'm just I'm very active. And so I would highly recommend joining ag and FFA. Because it's a great way to get out of your shell. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And again, you need to be the spokesman for the FFA organization in Arkansas. You're doing a great job. I know your family's very proud of you. And uh, I am excited for you and your business. And uh, man, just how, just what you're doing. That is exciting in that. And so, hey, we need to get you on the podcast again in the future. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you may... Somehow you may come up with another line of something that you may be uh, growing and doing. So that'll be exciting. Hey, Lena, thanks for being with us today. You're welcome. It's no problem. Yeah. Well, hey, folks, again, right here at That Farm Life Podcast, here you have Miss Elena Reeves, young lady uh, that has a uh, home business. You may be uh, a parent or a grandparent. You have a, uh, you have a young person there in the home. You have FFA at the school. I would encourage you, if they're not involved, to reach out to the ag teacher, reach out to the administration, I find out how they can be involved. Search out, look up the stuff in regard to the projects of FFA. It's always good stuff. As Elena has said, uh, it helps you to kind of, helps you in public speaking, did with me when I was there uh, and uh, going through that also later uh, in other stuff. So good stuff today. Thank you for joining us. Hey, again, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me at archie at agrihealth.net. We'll try to point you in the right direction. You can go into all your state uh, organizations, FFA organizations, is search that out on Google. You'll find that uh, wherever you may live and figure out how to get involved and be a part of that. Hey, till next week, we just encourage you to keep farming, keep the faith. We'll see you then. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith. Keep the faith.